Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1834. The way you train is the way you live. And how do I get abs? Both by Mark Fisher of markfisherfitness.com. And I'm Dr. Neil, your host and narrator. Welcome to another Wednesday edition of Optimal Health Daily. This is just one of a bunch of podcasts where we read to you from blogs for free so that you don't have to read them yourself, except on Fridays. That's where I usually answer your questions. Now, when it comes to our health journeys, it can seem like we've been doing all the right things but aren't making any progress towards our goals. First, I'll say you probably are making progress, but it just may not be as obvious as when you started. I just finished a book and the author said something that I find particularly helpful on those days when you need that extra bit of motivation. And since it is Wednesday, I thought I'd share that motivation with you. So here we go. Quote, focus your attention on being better than you were yesterday. Thibaut Maurice. All right, now I do have two posts today instead of the usual one. Now I do this when each of the articles is on the shorter side. And in fact, both of today's articles are perfect additions to what we were talking about yesterday. That's where we were discussing building muscle and losing fat at the same time. By the way, that was episode 1833. The last thing I'll say before we finally get to the post is that the author of today's two posts, Mark Fisher, provided us with even more amazing motivational quotes throughout. So with that, let's get right to today's two posts and start optimizing your life. The Way You Train is the Way You Live by Mark Fisher of markfisherfitness.com. An underappreciated relationship. You can learn a lot about a human being by how they train. Over the years, I've attended many, many educational events to improve my skills as a fitness professional. These events have run the gamut from biomechanics to technical coaching to program design to behavior change. I have learned a lot over the years and I've worked with many great teachers. So at this point in my career, it's interesting to observe the things that have really stuck with me. And while there are oodles that relate to training, one of the frameworks that stands out most is more philosophical. Quote, the way you train is the way you live. End quote. I first came upon this phrase at a Perform Better event back in 2010 from industry superstar Todd Durkin. The actual quote may have been, the way you live is the way you train. Either way, it was definitely a light bulb moment for me. You can tell a lot about someone by watching the way they train. Most humans trend towards being overly cautious or too hard borderline reckless. Walk into any gym in the world 
and the vast majority of trainees will either be, one, sandbagging it and reading a newspaper between sets of machine leg curls, or two, sweating, panting, and grunting while doing aggressive explosive sit-ups. Now let's be clear about one thing. I'm not judging anyone. I'm certain I've been on both sides of this equation over the course of my training career. This isn't to say these people suck. It's simply to say we tend to train in the same way that we live our lives. Just as I don't think there's an optimal way to live, I don't think there's necessarily an optimal way to train. Each person has to decide their own balance of passion and technique, of heart and brains, of stimulation and restoration. Furthermore, context always matters. This is why one can't fairly judge a single workout at a glance. You don't know whether the training style is reflective of unconscious patterns expressing themselves or a master dialing it in with the right intensity for their current goals and how their body feels that day. Ultimately, this isn't about other people anyway. I'm inviting you to reflect on what your training says about you, who you are as a human, and how you show up in the world. Most of us fall to one side of the equation. In most cases, we'd benefit from periodically offsetting our natural inclinations with complementary inputs, both in regards to intensity and modalities. As industry superstar Dr. Charlie Weingroff has said, quote, yogis need to be powerlifters and powerlifters need to be yogis, end quote. That's pretty zen. It's beautiful and painful in its simplicity and truth. In many realms of life, you'll get the most mileage by getting really good at your strengths and outsourcing your weaknesses. Your body is an exception. You can't outsource your mobility deficiencies to an executive assistant, like you would with your subpar organizational skills. You can't delegate the skill of getting onto and up from the ground with ease. Just as we have physical strengths and weaknesses, our instinctual training styles will have both pros and cons. If we train with heart, but do so without respect for technique or sensible loads, our bodies break down under wear and tear. If we train meekly or not at all, we may never get injured or banged up, but we may also never provide the necessary stimuli to create a healthy and thriving body. Yes, by all means, take advantage of your strengths. One of the joys of being a human is doing the things for which we have a natural aptitude. But do remember, your body will appreciate efforts to shore up your fitness trouble spots. If you know you tend to take it too easy, maybe you need to hit it a little harder. If you know your ego sometimes overrides your brain, perhaps you should take a step back and consider using less weight in your squats and actually squatting to depth would be cool too. If you really wanna rock a life of health and hotness, if you truly wanna live the dream, quote, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Joseph Campbell. Life is short. Train smart, but train hard. But train smart, but train hard. How Do I Get Abs? by Mark Fisher of markfisherfitness.com. Want to learn the secret to getting six-pack abs? In this article, you'll get the full scoop. Having six-pack abs and muscle definition more broadly is mostly a function of how lean someone is. This means abs are best created by getting leaner and not necessarily by doing lots of direct ab exercises. Certainly building larger muscles will create more shape, even when obscured by body fat. Think of a bowling ball under a mattress versus a marble under a mattress. But ultimately, the thinner the layer of fat, the more definition one will have. Think of a bowling ball under a bedsheet 
versus a bowling ball under a mattress? And how do we reduce body fat? As longtime listeners know, mostly diet, specifically reducing your calories to the point where your body will lose weight. For optimal results, one should keep protein adequately high and lift weights to encourage a higher percentage of fat versus muscle lost in this process. Now here's the annoying part. You can't create spot-specific reduction. This means we can't choose specific parts of the body to burn fat. This feels super counterintuitive. After all, when we're doing lots of crunches and feeling the underlying muscles burning, it feels like we're burning fat in that same area. But alas, fat loss is a global affair. Also note, the body decides on its own the order of where fat is lost as we lose weight. So most humans have relatively stubborn areas that are harder to lose as we tend to lose fat in the reverse order of where we gain it. Is it possible for anyone who puts in enough effort to get a six pack? At least in theory, yes. But in practice, maybe not. It's a true and unfair fact of life that genetics play a massive role here. Due to all sorts of factors, fat storage patterns, muscle belly size, speed of metabolism, skin tone, training age, biological age, hormone status, and so on, some people will have an easier or harder time. But now we get to the philosophical question. Is it worth the effort? Well, that depends on your personal values. Listen, there's nothing wrong with pursuing an aesthetic goal. You're in charge of your life. While I'll usually encourage you to focus on the mental, emotional, and physical benefits of fitness, I understand the appeal of this kind of goal. And with the right framing, this pursuit can indeed be an act of self-love. It can be as enjoyable as any autonomously chosen quest for a difficult-to-achieve but personally meaningful goal. However, with the exception of genetically gifted humans, mostly in their 20s, most people are going to have to put in a lot of work to get razor-sharp abs. And since life has constraints of time, energy, and effort, this outcome may not come with the rewards to justify the cost. Are having abs worth all the personal and professional sacrifices? While only you can answer that, I will say this. I've seen people's lives completely change by adopting a fitness habit and losing enough weight to improve their blood work, reduce symptoms of disease, get off medications, have more energy and confidence, and so on. On the other hand, I've never met someone whose life was meaningfully changed by getting lean enough to have abs. You just listened to the posts titled, The Way You Train is the Way You Live, and How Do I Get Abs? Both by Mark Fisher of markfisherfitness.com. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com health. Just go to indeed.com health 
right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. I'll focus my commentary on the second post, those mythical six-pack abs. Mark was absolutely right. Endlessly performing sit-ups, crunches, zerker squats, toes-to-bar, and so on can be helpful for strengthening those abdominal muscles, which will make them larger. Don't get me wrong, that's great. Larger abs means they're more likely to show. The problem is, without cutting back the fat layer covering the abs, they'll never be visible to the world. But let's say fat isn't an issue for you, but you're still not seeing those abs popping. In my experience, meaning this is not shown by any formal study, it's helpful to dedicate some time each week to performing some of those ab-specific exercises. If we look at some of the most popular commercialized workout programs, like your P90Xs and Insanities, they have common recommendations when it comes to how much time you should spend performing ab-specific exercises. Again, it's no guarantee that you'll actually get a six-pack, but at least you'll know that you're dedicating a pretty good amount of time each week trying to get those abs to pop. So here's what it comes down to. About 45 minutes per week of ab-specific work. So dedicating, for example, 15 minutes of ab-specific exercises three times a week may be helpful to kickstart the development of that six-pack. Combine that with a well-rounded exercise routine that includes, of course, some strength training, some cardiovascular exercise, and a moderate diet, and you may be well on your way. All right, that'll do it from me for today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a subscriber of the show. Thank you for sharing the show with someone. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.